The phase four rookie class continues its 2022 tear. Moon Knight is in the rear view and America Chavez has star portaled her way into our hearts, but now it's time. It's Kamala Khan's time. One of the most popular comic book characters of the 2010s is leaping into live action and we're here to break it all down. It's your Miss Marvel primer and it starts right now. Cosmic. Matt, the theme of 2021 was legacy. The legacy of the shield, the legacy of the bow, the legacy of glorious purpose, the legacy of freaking responsibility. But the theme of 2022, arrival. Moon Knight and America Chavez already, She-Hulk and Namor on the way, but right now it's Miss Marvel's time. How are we feeling moments before we unexpectedly dive into this series? I am on cloud nine waiting to meet a new Marvel character. You know what I mean? Like, you know, going into Moon Knight, I, I loved the mystery vibe. I love that it was Oscar Isaac. I loved all these different things about the show. But uh, what I love most about going into Moon Knight was we get a new Marvel character, a new member on the roster. And after projects like Eternals and Shang-Chi, I just, I, I was clamoring for it. I love the rebuild of the Marvel Cinematic Universe so far. And I can't wait for another new entry with Kamala Khan. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. To me, it feels like Kamala Khan is kind of the Ahsoka of the Marvel Universe because not not in any sort of like narrative way, but this is a character that if you know, you know, and everybody who knows about Kamala Khan, it seems like she is one of their favorite heroes. And anybody who's read a Miss Marvel comic rants and raves about how great Kamala Khan is in the same way that anytime anybody's read a Clone Wars comic or watched the Clone Wars animated series, they rant and rave about how great Ahsoka is. As someone who was told how great Ahsoka was for so long and then realized it by watching the show and then obviously seeing Rosario Dawson slay in live action, I think Kamala Khan has the same vibe where so many people who know this character have her as one of their favorite characters. The fact that Marvel Studios is going to get a chance to introduce her to the wide audience, to the general public. This is a moment, not just for comic book readers, but for female superheroes, for representation in the MCU, and for children in the MCU to get back on the map. You know, Peter Parker's all grown up now. Who's going to be our child in the MCU? Kamala Khan. I love the comparison. And I, I don't have a lot of knowledge on Ahsoka pre-Mandalorian. I don't have a lot of knowledge on Miss Marvel pre-Miss Marvel show, but I definitely see the similarities from a surface level. And Miss Marvel is absolutely a character the same way I felt about Moon Knight, where I wanted to do my research beforehand and I got the Lemire run of Moon Knight in graphic novel form. I want to get a Miss Marvel graphic novel before we really, really dive into the meat of this series, because I said unexpectedly in the intro, Matt and I got a very nice uh, little uh, screener earlier today, and we weren't expecting this whatsoever, especially considering Moon Knight. We first watched Moon Knight uh, like a week or maybe week, five yeah. days before the uh, first episode premiered on Disney+. And at the time, that made sense because, you know, it was like a week out. They want to get word of mouth and everything. But with Miss Marvel, we're a good two, two and a half weeks out. And to both of us, as we said, I believe on the weekly episode back in, I want to say May 25th, uh, that Wednesday, whenever we dropped that episode, 
this was a vote of confidence in the fact that this has quality behind it. And with the social uh, embargo lifting on Wednesday, May 25th, a good two weeks before the show comes out, they want to get positive tweets out there as soon as possible. And of course, you know, film is subjective. Everyone has what they like and what they don't like. But clearly the Marvel machine sees something special in Miss Marvel to drop screeners this early, which is why we're pre-recording this primer uh, as early as possible. Because Matt, we're a couple authentic guys. We're not going to record a primer after seeing some of the project. We want to make sure we are as blind as possible before diving into the show itself. So with that being said, we are now going to dive into the aspects of this show before seeing any episodes. And we'll start with the big one. We'll start with the main event. We'll start with the one that I want to say is controversial, but it's definitely polarizing. The power change. I am no expert on Miss Marvel. I've said many times before the same way that I was unbothered by the Mandarin twist in Iron Man 3. I am unbothered by Miss Marvel's power change because I was not a Mandarin diehard comic fan growing up and I was not a Miss Marvel diehard comic fan growing up. So I don't have a sentimental attachment to what is true to this character on the page. Matt, can you tell me why? I know you're not bothered by it either, but can you tell me why some people are frustrated with what has been changed for live action? Absolutely, Liam. And um, there's a litany of um, complaints about the power change for Miss Marvel in the MCU, and they're all kind of very different. None of them really connect to one another, at least from my personal view. Again, I'm like Liam. I'm an MCU fan before I'm a Marvel Comics fan. I The, the Marvel Comics I read when I was a kid were x-men comics so the comic book nostalgia i have lies solely in x-men and we haven't seen that in the mcu yet so when it comes to these characters i'm an mcu fan first so i i want to preface this if you are a comic book miss marvel fan and you're listening to us defend the power change when you're upset about it we're not here to tell you that you're wrong i'm we're here to give you the view of somebody who doesn't understand why you're upset and we can't wait to find out if they pull it off or not the issues that comic book readers have, shout out Russ Milheim at thedirect.com, our public relations guy. He crushes over there the direct. Me and him have had so many debates about this topic of why the power change, in his opinion, is wrong. And in my opinion, is something that we just need to simply give a chance to. And that's going to be my overall message. I, let's just give this one a chance because, coming back to it, the biggest issues people have are a couple of them. One. People think that they are just doing this so that Miss Marvel doesn't look too much like Reed Richards, which who we just saw in Multiverse of Madness. Two, people think that they are doing this um, for absolutely no reason. People think that they're just doing it to do it. And, and they, they look at the comments like they need to tie her in more with Captain Marvel. And the response from comic book readers is they hang out in the comics and that's totally fine. Why do they have to change it here? And three, people think that if by doing this, changing her stretchy limb uh, powers, it's going to ruin her story as a character. Because so much of the theme and message behind Miss Marvel, and one of the reasons I'm so excited about this show, is body image and being comfortable in your own skin and being able to embrace yourself as opposed to change yourself to who you think the world wants you to be we're going to get into the themes of the show a little later that's one i love the most about this character here's my rebuttal or at least my plea to all of those complaints the whole changing them just so she's not like miss fan mr fantastic 
this is a new character being dropped in to an established universe. The MCU has hit the ground running to tie Miss Marvel into the character she's going to be tied into, specifically the Marvels with Brie Larson's Captain Marvel and Tiona Paris's Monica Rambeau. They made the decision to make her powers more cosmic. So when we get to a cosmic level with her, it's not so jarring. And for anyone who's like, well, in the comics, she's stretchy and hangs out with Captain Marvel. That's fine. Those are cartoons. Those are cartoon drawings. And you can be a little more silly in that medium. And it's not weird for someone to look at. We always look at these things from the point of view as writers and editors and people who work in this business. You know, we are very in tune with all this. You have to think of the general public. If they see a stretchy rubber band lady in space hanging out with the photon blast that is Captain Marvel, that might look a little weird. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. That's a reason, though. And the last one, the whole idea of her stretchy limbs being so connected to her message and vibe as a character, that being body issues and uh, being okay in your own skin. There are so many ways to tell that story without physically having someone have that stretchy body thing, in my opinion. I think that if they are able to tell the body image story correctly, you don't lose much of it just because she's not a rubbery. And, and, and the word is ugly. The word they use in the phrase, like her powers are ugly looking a lot of times because she has these weird elongated limbs and faces and stuff like that. But uh, Amon Biani and all the showrunners for this show have come out and said, we are still going to keep the core heart of Miss Marvel. We are going to, they've said it straight up. We're going to tell the body image story. We're going to tell the be comfortable in your own skin story. We're just going to tie it more into a cosmic um, entity as opposed to the Inhumans entity, which, by the way, hasn't been established in the MCU. So my on the whole power thing as a whole, it's not like she doesn't have a big giant fist. It's not like she doesn't have the stretchy limbs. They just look different. And I understand how that's upsetting. But let's all give it a chance first. I very much could be wrong. This could suck as far as the whole power change goes. But to, to simply say that they're doing it for absolutely no reason, I think is flawed because there are plenty of reasons. They've come out and stated those reasons. So just inherently, I don't think it's right to say they're doing it just for no reason. Because if they're doing it just for no reason, that implies they're doing it just to piss people off. Has Marvel Studios ever done that? Has Kevin Feige ever done that? This is his baby. This is his actress that he has put his stamp down. One of the most important comic to live action uh, adaptations in years. And he picked a no-name actress to do this. Kevin Feige believes in this project. And if that's the case, I have to believe there's a reason for the power change. And I'm ready to give it a chance. I am behind you 150%. And all of the complaints, all of the, the woes, I don't think have ground. Uh, I do think that the reason why the power change is happening, I think it's a mix of two things. And I want to believe it's more about aligning her with the Captain Marvel franchise than it is about possible CGI woes with a TV budget. Because at the end of the day, these Disney Plus shows from Marvel all you kind of universally have a budget of 25 million per episode, which culminates to 150 million for a six episode season. At the same time, I do understand that like stretchy limbs and everything, especially when this is the main character of six episodes of what will probably be a collective four to six hours when it's all said and done. 
if you're going to change something to make it more cosmic to ensure that it looks better, I think is okay. And I, I, again, I think that they made this change to more align her with the Captain Marvel franchise, which is what I will believe in, which is what I'm behind for sure. But on the off chance that this was to make it look better, coming off of that She-Hulk trailer, Matt, I am perfectly fine with them making changes, them cutting corners, quote unquote, to make sure it looks visually appealing. And of course, there's no there's no way they could have made She-Hulk look better. It's just going to take rendering and rendering and rendering because that's the character. That's how she looks. That's her face. But when you can possibly cut corners and also make it make sense within the Captain Marvel franchise with where this character is going, I'm behind that. I want a show that's going to make me engaged and I'm not going to see bad CGI and have me taken out of it. Again, I can't stress this enough. I'm not saying that's the reason why they changed the powers, but at the end of the day, I think this is a safer route to go from a CGI perspective. I don't think anyone's denying that. Having cosmic blue and red hue blasts and stretchy limbs like a green lantern over an extension of someone's actual physical limbs is going to look better. It's going to take less work to make it look better. This show has been through the ringer from a production standpoint why not ensure that it looks as good as possible from the bat? And I will say that if they, they did kind of put themselves in a corner a little bit with this power change, because what the comic book fans are saying is right. You do have to nail the message of Miss Marvel, which is body imaging. You do have to crush that. I believe that they will. I think the MCU, especially in phase four, has done a very good job at picking a theme and crushing it. Grief. Um, legacy, glorious purpose, hmm. family, all those different things. They are so good at doing that. I believe that they will. But if if the body imaging thing isn't great here, not just good, if it's not great, then people will point to the powers being an issue of that. And I'll tend to agree more with that. But I firmly believe that the message will still be there just because her limb is purple and not stretchy. I'm not willing to just throw this in the can right away. I'm excited to see how they incorporate it. The idea that there's no reason I think is wrong. I can't wait to find out what the reason is though. It's gonna That's going to cool. be dope. It's going to be cool. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the characters of Miss Marvel, starting of course with the man himself, the woman herself. Wow. <laughs> Kamala Khan played by no name actress. First big project ever. Aman Biani Liam, let me tell you a little bit about Aman Biani. This chick is awesome. She's a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She grew up a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She was, she's probably, she's, I think, 17 in real life. 19. 19. So she's 19. So she was nine when Iron Man came out. Her 19th birthday was on the day Shang-Chi came out. How about that? So this is a character that is a Avengers fan in the comics. This is an actress who's an MCU fan in the comics. How often do we talk about when somebody cares about a character or a project or a story, it shows through the screen? And then how often do we talk about when somebody doesn't care about a character or a project or a story, Morbius happens. And I think that having Kamala Khan played by a character who is so close to that vibe in real life 
is so important, so exciting. She made a short film about Iron Man uh, like a week before she, uh, a week after she was announced just to show everybody how big of a fan she was. And uh, I read on an interview the other day, she's a Miss, uh, Miss Marvel's a Captain Marvel fan in the comments. Amaviani kept suggesting, let's, ha- let's make her have an Iron Man toy in the bedroom, an Iron Man poster, Iron Man this, Iron Man that. One of Kevin Feige's notes after his first run of the show was, hey, less Iron Man stuff. You huh. take out some of the Iron Man stuff because the Maviani wanted more and more of that. This is an MCU fan playing an MCU fan in the MCU. I'm here about it. I want it. 16-year-old Pakistani high school student from Jersey City who idolizes Captain Marvel and sub- sub- subsequently gains the abilities to harness cosmic energy. Whew. How excited are we for Kamala Khan, a.k.a. AKA Miss Marvel played by Maviani? Acting is great, right? Because when people act, they're able to portray someone that they are not and make us buy in as viewers. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the best. And I know he's obviously the reason, he's the name everyone always brings up. But I always am wowed by Leo DiCaprio because in every role he does, I never see Leo DiCaprio the movie star. I see, oh my God, that's that's a guy from Boston right there in The Departed. That is a hunter desperate in the wilderness in the revenants Uh, that's jordan belfort straight up in the wolf of wall street i never see leo dicaprio but he is a master of his craft he has decades of work leading into these giant blockbusters that he stars in for someone like aman viani who this is her first big project i said it on the direct podcast recently about namor altering namor's origins to be more aligned with the origins of the actor tanak huerta is a great idea because the best characters are ones who are an extension of the person behind them's reality. And having Amon Viani already be a giant MCU fan, which is what the character Kamala Khan is for anyone who played the first 10 minutes of Marvel's Avengers video game, the campaign, you see her running around Avengers Con, Avengers Campus, Avengers Day and everything with you know, sparks in her eyes. You know, she's she's collecting these comics. She's going up to Thor and Captain America and Black Widow, stuttering, starstruck, because these are her heroes. And to hear that Amon Viani is that in real life to the MCU, and now she's being told, hey, what you do in the real life about how excited you are of these characters, just do that in the show. That's all you got to do. Just be your authentic self. It's barely even acting. It's just a continuation of who she is. And that's why she's perfect for this role. And, you know, eventually, like I said, the DiCaprio's of the world, the Daniel day Lewis's of the world get there eventually to where they can play someone completely opposite of who they are in real life. But it takes a long time when you have those early roles in your career, you want them to be an extension of who you are as a person because it comes off as super, super authentic because it's just who you are. So Iman Viani as Captain Marvel, excuse me, as Miss Marvel, I think we will look back at this as one of the most picture-perfect Sarah Finn castings that she has continuously nailed throughout her entire MCU run. Absolutely. And it will give us our Tom Holland fix until we get him back, I think. (laughs) You know what I mean? Somebody we just love watching do what they do. Um, Joining Kamala Khan and Miss Marvel in this show, not a ton known about the supplemental characters of this show. Um, The trailers have focused solely on Kamala Khan. And that's it. So it's exciting to get to get a chance to meet everybody. Bruno Corelli, 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 are is playing Kamala's best friend in the show. We see him uh, alongside with her on these missions. The Ned 
to uh, Kamala's Spider-Man, I think, is what we're going to get here, which is exciting. Uh, Kareem slash Red Dagger will also be in the show. Vigilante, who rocks a red bandana and uses throwing knives. That's just Electra, but hey, Red Dagger works, I think. <laughs> Red Dagger is going to be cool. And the return of everybody's favorite character from Spider-Man No Way Home. Agent clearly is rumored to be a part of Miss Marvel. Damage control agent from No Way Home. If those remember, the one who interrogates May and um, Mary Jane and Ned, uh, Michelle Jones, <laughs> um, uh, Aunt May, MJ, and Ned. Um, I like to call him not Jake Johnson because he looks so much like Jake Johnson, but he's not Jake Johnson. Um, but yeah, so he plays that damage control agent, Arian Moyade. And uh, so I'm thinking he's going to be in the show, Liam. Damage control in this show. How do we see that playing out? So, well, there is a, uh, a connection. There is a connective tissue here uh, with set photos. A couple, I want to say months ago, came out of Miss Marvel handling some Edith drones, potentially. They're, they're not a picture-perfect mirror image of the Edith drones in Far From Home, but I also think that's just due to some touch-up CGI that will go on them after the physical <laughs> one is established. And if Edith drones are, you know, flying around Jersey City, I think we could be looking at a scenario where damage, coal, can't, damage control comes into play. Looking out for friend of the show, Gary Weeks, who's obviously Agent Foster, a big member of damage control, I did not have any inclination when we had that interview with him that he had another Marvel project on the docket, but maybe he's just a good actor and he's good at hiding that kind of stuff. So who knows? But more damage control, I think, is only a good thing because they really have only been a part of the Spider-Man franchise. They were in Homecoming. They were in No Way Home. And especially with some of the Spider-Man movies, uh, or most recently No Way Home, feeling so sony universe uh linked because of just you know the villains and the garfields and the mcguires to have something that was established in that franchise come into the streaming side of the mcu i think is only a good thing and for anyone who has complaints about the lack of connectivity between phase four mcu projects here's a little something to carry you over like it's not giant but it's a nice reminder that hey these projects are connected not unlike you know it's a smaller scale to yelena popping up in hawkeye after black widow but still, having a familiar face, especially when it's a background character, again, this is a lived-in world. It's only a good thing to have him show up. I love that. Also, Liam, in that Avengers video game starring Kamala Khan, who is the main antagonist company group thing? Oh, Advanced Idea Mechanics, baby. Hmm, interesting. And I wonder if Advanced Idea Mechanics would be interested in some recently seized Stark tech. Hmm. <sighs> I know. I I don't think it's going to be him, but we could get Justin Hammer. If Aldridge Killian shows up in this show, I will lose my freaking mind. Would Justin Hammer be a good, um, you know, like second prize if it's not Aldridge Killian though? 100%. 100%. I mean, and also, <laughs> too, because if, if Justin Hammer shows up and then we see Justin Hammer will return, shout out Armor Wars. Yeah, Don Cheadle shows uh. up in a post credit scene for Miss Marvel out of nowhere. Yes. <gasps> Captain Marvel, War Machine, James Rhodes in the comics have a relation. It's all connected, Liam. It's all connected. How about that? And a bag of chips. Liam, those are the characters that we know about. There's plenty more characters that we're going to meet, guys. Um, Her father plays a big role in the comics and also in the video game. And, um, you know, the high school crew. I love a good high school crew. Um, You know, Stranger Things coming out Friday. 
the high school coming of age nostalgia vibe will be a nice little teaser for that for us. And then also coming off of Stranger Things, Miss Marvel, a little lighter toned high school. I'm in for it. And on top of that, too, the high school conversations about the MCU. How great was it in Homecoming when they were playing F. Mary Kill with Avengers? Or like whether I, yeah, I think that dude's a war criminal now, but I don't know. I still got to show you the video. We're going to get some of that in like a high school setting again. Homecoming is top five for me for a lot of those reasons of like the little intricacies of like, this is in the MCU. Remember, this is in the MCU, but it's not forced. I think we're going to get, it's going to be Easter eggs galore but not in your face Easter eggs. It'll be lines of dialogue. It'll be pictures of the howling commandos on murals in the high school. Ah, it's going to be great. We're going to write a lot of articles this month, are we? We're going to write a lot of articles in June. It's going to be a good time over at the direct.com. Everything you need to know about the university. You love Liam. Speaking of everything you need to know, the development for this project has been kind of all over the place. One of the last remaining COVID delay casualties in the MCU, we're getting to the point where projects that will be coming out will be announced after all the COVID delays. And this is one of the remaining ones. Liam, walk us through this journey. Miss Marvel in live action has been. This has been a four-year journey that started way back in May 2018, where Kevin Feige was asked about the popularity of Miss Marvel in an interview, and he straight up confirmed that a project centered around the character was in the works. And this is back when Disney Plus wasn't a thing, because it wasn't until August 2019 at D23 that Marvel Studios officially confirmed that they were developing a Miss Marvel streaming series with Bisha K. Ali hired to work as head writer, he previously worked as a writer on the Loki series. Well, the show hadn't come out at that time, but he had already scribed some of the episodes for that show. We move forward a full 11 months to 13 months, excuse me, to September 2020, where we have some directors, Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah, uh, to direct two episodes. Mira Manand hired to direct one, and Charmin Obad Chinoy hired to direct three. Eventually, that was switched to have Manand direct two and Obad Chinoy to direct two each. So this is the first time we're getting a show with three different sets of directors. Before, we had seen one director like Kari Skoglund or Matt Shackman helm all the full season. Then we had seen uh, a couple of directors split duties. This is the first time we now have three we move forward also in September 2020, Aman Viani was officially cast in this role. That's kind of crazy. She was cast, you know, a full 18, 20 months before the show is actually coming out. One of our first post-credit videos on thedirect.com was Aman Viani's casting announcement. How about that? And here we are, and our show is actually coming out. From November 2020 to February 2021, this is when the supporting cast started to fill out. We got our names like Matt Lintz announced to join the fray. Uh, Laith Nakli, Ar- Aramis Knight. Again, I apologize with, with the mispronunciations. I'm sure we're going to be masters by the time this show airs in full. But as of right now, we're still trying to figure it out. November 2020, this is when filming actually began in Atlanta, Georgia, at the famous Marvel Studios' actual studio lot under the working title Jersey. We flash forward to March 2021. Secondary filming happened in New Jersey itself. We go into April 2021, where the fourth and fifth episodes were filmed in Bangkok. And then last year, May 2021, filming officially concluded 
in Thailand. But then up until earlier this year, we had reshoots in January 2020, 22. I think I said like 320s there, but you get the gist. March okay. of 2022 is when our first official trailer was released. You'll remember we did get some brief footage at Disney Plus Day in November 2021, but we didn't get our first full-length trailer with that classic, incredible, blinding by the lights weekend overture happening throughout all the footage. And then we lead up to June 2022 in just one week's time is when this show officially starts streaming. That is a journey. That is an absolute ride for this show. This is a character um, introduced in like 2010, I think, her first comic book appearance. I think that might have been her first appearance. Her first individual run was 2014. 2014. Less than a decade old. It's crazy. Like Guardians of the Galaxy was released in theaters when this comic book first started happening. Like that's like that, like the obscurity of characters in the MCU is ranging. This is one of the first instances where a character that is newly like revitalized and not even revitalized, like a, a new standout in comics is getting a live action. It's been eight years since, uh, you know, we first met Miss Marvel on the page but she's been such a smash hit. People have been calling for this project for a very long time. So it's it's just so interesting. The Guardians characters who were introduced in the 70s, no one ever thought it was imaginable they could ever get a project. One of the biggest franchises in the MCU. Now, you know, we have been ringing the bell for Miss Marvel and it's finally here, alike into a Miles Morales project. These new age Marvel heroes are finally getting some shine. Uh, Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, um, uh, Spider-Verse, um, you know, just the idea of Spider-Verse, a friend of the show, Tim Getty, said on this program um, that the Spider-Verse comic came out just a handful of years before the movie. So, you know, the idea that Marvel Studios is, you know, listening to fans as far as who we want to see on screen, and it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Liam, a couple questions before we get into predictions, okay? I want to see what kind of MCU or world-building connections we might see out of this. First off, our first New Jersey-based project outside of Captain America, the first Avenger. Do we see any first Avenger references here? Who? What am I missing? WandaVision. Westview, New Jersey. <gasps> Liam. Oh, it's going to be so good. It's, it's going to happen, isn't it? So good. Okay, which reference do we get first? Camp Lehigh or Westview? Oh, if, if Camp Lehigh has been like, <laughs> wait a minute. If that's where like Avengers Stop Con happens, it. they transfer Camp Lehigh into like an Avengers amusement park or something. And the, the storylines that, that like spread off from that, because then you can have like the camps of like, you're like tarnishing like a monument and everything, or you can have the people who are like, this is honoring Cap's legacy. If we get like a Steve, Ro- if we get like a Chris Evans, Steve Rogers statue at Camp Lehigh, oh, that'd be so sick. What if Sam, oh my God. What if Nick Fury, best friends with Captain Marvel, uh-huh. hides some sort of Captain Marvel relic where Camp Lehigh, the first headquarters of S.H.I.E.L.D., and that's how Maviani comes across the Captain Marvel thing. Because Fury put Captain Marvel stuff in Camp Lehigh. I know we're not in predictions right now, but we're like dude, there. <laughs> dude, like, like, there. like <laughs> I see, I was going to make a joke about Springsteen. I was going to make a joke about Sopranos. I was going to make a joke about Jersey Shore. This is all so much better than any of that. That's all oh, I didn't even think about Westview, dude. Think, ugh, like, 
I don't know if they, they have go there. to mention Westview. They 100% mention Westview. How do you right? not? Town, the, you know, something crazy happened that town over. Blah, blah, blah. What if like one of one of her classmates was like, like missed a whole month of school? <laughs> yeah, no one freaking... knows where the hell. Yeah. <sighs> see, no, see, I don't want that because how sad. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, Juan is a terrible person, isn't she? Just a horrible, horrible human being. Very tunnel visioned is what she is. Yes. Interesting. Oh my God. So Camp Lee High End Westview, huge world building potential there. I forget the other questions I had, but that <laughs> seems like a really awesome thing. Liam, let's get into predictions. Let's get into what you're wanting out of this show. It's a new character, the second origin story on Disney Plus in MCU history. The first being Moon Knight. Moon Knight, I think, was an example of the character being better than the show. Heading into Miss Marvel, what are your predictions and expectations for a more probably traditional origin story instead of the multi-personality burn both ends origin story we got in Moon Knight? I think people are going to fall in love with the show. And I really hope that I think that this is going to be such a word of mouth show because everyone's going to be so focused on Kenobi. We've mentioned it before. The first three episodes of Miss Marvel stream on the same day that Kenobi streams episodes four, five, and six. So it's going to be very difficult to get people, you know, invested in this show. And even too, especially when it comes to, even if you are a diehard fan, I think that there's a good portion of the diehard audience that aren't going to watch Miss Marvel the same day that Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to fight Darth Vader. Like, I just don't think people are going to watch that. And then they're going to only want to talk about that for the rest of the day. They're not even going to consider watching Miss Marvel. At the same time though, I think that this show has extreme back half potential to have people who have been watching day of, yeah, you got to watch what you got to watch Miss Marvel. Like you got to watch Miss Marvel. You got to tune in right now and watch Miss Marvel. And I think a lot of people are going to catch up come episode four or five or something. And I think that the finale is going to satisfy a lot of people. I'm basing that off no knowledge. I have no idea what's going to happen in this show, but a coming of age superhero show always hits me right in my heartstrings. And I want to wave the Captain Marvel flag, the Miss Marvel flag, excuse me. Like I, I, feel a lot more behind this show than I realized I was going to be, especially because admittedly I've been on under a little Marvel fatigue recently. I know. Ooh, I said the F word fatigue, right? Moon Knight. Not Doctor a real Sh- fan, bro. Yeah, exactly. Like ah. I, boo, <laughs> boo. But like, there's been so much content and I found myself, especially with Moon Knight, it almost felt like a chore to watch every Wednesday, even though I, I like the show and on a surface level, it's quality television. I, I found myself, little wishy-washy in terms of actually being tangibly excited. I am tangibly excited for Miss Marvel right now. And that's something you can't fake. And I really hope the show delivers on that standpoint because, you know, going in blind, wanting to wave the flag, I want to wave this flag all summer long. That's right. Yeah, me too, man. I think that this is going to be something that people latch on to, like you said, periodically throughout the season. Um, I kind of have two big predictions, if you don't mind. The first of which... Um, you know, we talked about it last week. My favorite thing about popcorn projects is characters. And what I love about Phase 4 more than anything is the characters we've been introduced to. Monica Rambeau, um, John Walker, Sylvie, Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova, Shang-Chi, Kate Bishop as Hawkeye. The rookie class of 2021 is my favorite thing from 2021 in the MCU. I think that Amandiani, Kamala Khan, just based on how much people love the character and how much I know... Marvel Studios um, appreciates what people love about this character. I'm excited to see them take another big swing 
power change, new character, interesting concept, and just crush it. I, I love when Marvel takes big swings. I And they took a big swing with Multiverse of Madness, and I think it may have popped out a little bit for me. Maybe scored a scored a runner from third, you know, sack fly. But <laughs> I think that this is a big swing that if it hits, we are going to get a new staple character for my second big prediction, a Young Avengers uh, franchise in the MCU. I think this can be where we finally start to see that concept be realized. Obviously, she's going to be in the Marvels. So her story, we much like Wanda in WandaVision, you know, we went through that entire one of the biggest reasons, uh, you know, multiverse and Professor X and Mephisto and all these big ideas were a part of the WandaVision discourse because we knew where she was heading afterwards in Multiverse of Madness. With this, we know she's going to get to space. We know she's going to be in the Marvels with Brie Larson. And I mean, just imagine Amon Viani, somebody who was 14 when Captain Marvel came out, thir- uh, 15. Mm-hmm. She gets to be on screen with Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. And like, like that's got to be such a moment. And But anyway, we know where this character's going. So I'm hoping that Miss Marvel does what um, uh, Ragnarok did for the Thor franchise, what Mando 2 did for Mando 1, um, for all these different things. Bring more validity to the Captain Marvel franchise. Get that hype train going in a more substantial way than just a traditional promotional run and really get us going into the Marvels. Because I think with uh, Monica Rambeau, Kamala Khan, and Brie Larson getting a second shot at Captain Marvel, people forget she shot the she shot Captain Marvel, uh, the post credit scene to... No, no, she shot Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame back-to-back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She didn't get a chance to really live in that character a little bit between projects. I think all of those pieces can really make that project special. This is the first domino to fall um, beyond the post credit scene from WandaVision. And also the world building. Give me the world building, man. I can't wait for it. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Marvel is going to be hype as hell. I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Uh, we have a little wants and needs because I know we, we both went into some predictions. I, I also have a wants and an absolute need from this show. The wants uh, Young Avengers setup. I, I would love some like tangible Young Avengers setup. Sure. I don't know how that would come into play. I think it'd be really cool to have, you know, an Elijah Richardson show up yeah. or something yeah. as Eli Bradley. Um, I think it'd be really cool to even have like newspaper clipping or like news footage of Kate Bishop out there. Something to just have Kamala take an interest, or maybe maybe you know she says something along the lines of someone saying like, you you can't be Captain Marvel. Like you can't like. You're a kid. And then she's like, well, you know, I saw this girl being Hawkeye, you know, like maybe having a little connection there, line of dialogue, background information, something small to just indicate us that Young Avengers is coming. And then my absolute need from this show uh, is for a a solid coming of age story. I just I need this to be uh, a story that we all end up smiling with by the end of the season. And I want to be consistent, too. I miss Moon Knight had some lulls. I think Hawkeye is fair to say had a little bit of start stop momentum. Um, Loki even too. Uh, there was the one you know lamentous episode where we kind of like you know eased down a little bit and then we went full you know foot on the gas by the end of the season. I would love for this show to have consistent momentum throughout. It's a tall order, um, but at the same time, I think it could do it. I think that and and that that was going to be my want too was more consistency in the tone. Um, and I think the the problem Moon Knight ran into was it was such a unique and 
interesting concept with the split personalities. The tone shifted every time Mark or Steven shifted, which made it hard to kind of grab on to, you know, how I was supposed to be feeling and when. The fact that this is a brand new character in the MCU and the fact that this is a levity-based tone, you know, based on the trailer, she's in high school, this looks more fun than Moon Knight looked. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's something that the MCU might need right now. I don't want this to be the most important thing the MCU has ever put out. I want this to be a good origin story. And that's my need. Give me a good origin story that does what Captain America does. Give us, give us that one thing that we can grab onto this character. Captain America is always going to do what he feels is right. Tony Stark is always going to, not always, but Tony Stark's whole thing is that he's going to protect what he loves. Uh, Thor, you know, being who he is supposed to be instead of who he wants to be. The best origin stories give us one little thing to grab onto and move forward. I want Kamala Khan's to be be comfortable with who you are and embrace it as opposed to change it. And I think that's going to be a great message for a lot of young kids. You know, body imaging is such a big deal um, in the world today, something I've dealt with my whole life. And I can't wait to see Marvel Studios tackle it the same way they tackled everything in phase four, um, you know, from... <laughs> People forget how emotional WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Loki was back to back to back. And um, I just can't wait to see them do it again, man. And I think it's going to be really well done based solely on the this, the the vibe of this actress getting this role. I, I can't wait to watch her. I just can't wait to fall in love again. And make me cry. That's actually my other need. Make me cry. Make me feel the emotions. Bring me Tall back order, to Falcon, WandaVision, <laughs> Loki. All three of those shows made me cry real emotional tears. And I hope this show does something either sad or inspiring that evokes that out of me. And, you know, you can't force it. It has to come naturally. But at the same time, they might have a story in place to make that happen. Ladies and gentlemen, that is your Miss Marvel primer. The show premieres on Disney Plus next Wednesday, June 8th. And we will have an episode review on the direct podcast immediately following you watching that episode refresh those podcast feeds noon eastern every single wednesday for the entirety of miss marvel just like it's been for the entirety of obi-wan kenobi we cannot wait to keep bringing you fresh content and we will see you there